Hello and welcome to We Will Talk About It, the Supernatural Rewatch podcast where we watch one episode every week, spoiler free. I'm Megan. I'm Kat. And this week we are watching season two, episode two, Everybody Loves a Clown. Correction, no one. No one. No one loves a clown. Loves a clown. Ah. We'll, we'll get into it, but we'll let get- me real quick tell us, I'll just tell us straight off the bat who wrote and directed it Please before do. I forget. Yep. Um, so this episode was written, written by John Shaban. He um, is an X-Files writer. He yep. wrote a lot of the, I guess, more scary episodes in season yeah. one as well. Um, and you could definitely feel that really <laughs> classic. So he wrote like Skin and Hookman and Scarecrow and the Benders. Look, he's he's writing he's writing trope kind of monster of the week. Like, yeah, very much the tropey tropey. Mm-hmm. Oh, good 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 yeah. word. We're we're here. Um, yeah, they're very much like oh, everyone knows a scary clown. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he mm. definitely leans into a lot of the more X filey episodes, yeah, which definitely. I really like. Oh, no, look, and this one was really good. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. I don't enjoy a clown because no one loves a clown, and if you do. Mm-hmm. Great, you've obviously had a lot of therapy. Um. <laughs> I mean, is there enough therapy in the world? But and it was um, directed by Phil Segretia. So we know Phil. Year, we do know Phil. He mm. directed uh, in season one, Nightmare and Provenance. Ah, um, nice. and he will go on to direct episodes up until season fourteen. At which point he leaves to go work on the boys. Oh, fabulous! I love that. Love that. Love, love so that he's little... directed some of the episodes yeah. in I think season two of the boys. Oh, so he... yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. So Phil Phil Segretia, he settle in. He's yeah. he's going to be around for a long time. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Gotta say, no, don't like the clown. Um, no. This clown was giving me very much. I, I recently rewatched a um, documentary about John Wayne Casey. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so in the like in a week in a week part of like watching this documentary because you know I was like I want to watch it. I want to watch it. I want to watch a murder. Um, <laughs> you can't get more murdery than John Wayne Casey. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. There is a lot of things. There's a lot of things I didn't realize I knew. Like I didn't know about him. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, obviously, I knew what he did. Yes, horribly, but I didn't know. Like I didn't know he ran like KFC. Yeah, like like he was like a restaurant, and he made people call him the Colonel. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And that his last meal was KFC. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's a full circle moment, but it was very much like, well, I feel disgusting. I don't yeah. really like KFC anyway. <sighs> yeah, there's a. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we could talk about just John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, but don't worry, guys. Eventually, in the great circle of life that is the television show Supernatural. We will actually get to talk about John Wayne Gacy. We'll get there. Cat's forgotten. Clearly, she, she hasn't watched this season. That's why she hasn't. Oh, so okay. We, really? We will get there eventually. What the fuck? I know. It's. I can't wait to oh, talk God. about John Wayne Gacy in the context For of this that particular show. episode. I will put a like. We'll put like a little bit of disclaimer where Cat is talking at like a million decibels. Yes, the entire time. My favorite thing for those who have actually seen up to the episode I'm talking about. My favorite thing that we'll get to is that. That's not even the point of the episode. <gasps> um, and so that's what makes it even more fun. But we've got a long way to go before then. Let's talk about clowns. No. Who who likes clowns? Who is this? Who is the, the the most unbelievable part of this entire episode for me is all these kids being like, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let a clown into my house. There, a clown will never set foot in my house. Yep. No. No. You're having a pending child and I will be like, okay. You're going to have some birthday parties. I know that I'm in the clear, that there will be no clown. Absolutely not. There's two things that I can tell you right now that will be a great, I guess, reassurance to Cat. One, yeah. not going to be any mobiles over the baby's uh, yes. crib. Don't like a mobile, do not. <laughs> no. Cat's made her, her yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, thoughts Look, on I will come into I will come into your, into your child's room and be like, <laughs> like Hello. a clown. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll just give a quick dramatic reading of my notes from this first Ooh, part yes. of the episode. So. 
first part of the beatniks, episode. Oh, op- only some like the, you know the beatnik clip, like, <laughs> like the little snaps. Um, is that they are we're open on a carnival, <laughs> and you know there's a kid and she likes the clowns. Dad doesn't like the clowns. She Fair sees cool. a clown that then disappears. Obviously, this whole episode owes a ton to it. Like, sure does. It's a big homage to it, basically. Oh, um, and we're talking it because when this reference of the show. It from the eighties and obviously the book. Yes, the book obviously not the the retelling, reimagination, remake. Yeah, remakes. Yeah, because obviously the remake hadn't happened at this no. stage. But no. yeah, so it definitely has a lot of it mm. influences. And yep. then it cuts to that night, and this girl wakes up, sees a kind of creepy shadow in her bedroom, goes downstairs, sees the clown, and lets the clown into the house, who promptly murders the family. So I will now read a dramatic retelling of of my notes in this first scene. I hate clowns. I hate this. No, no, no. What is wrong with you? Referencing the child letting a clown into the house. And then nope, which takes up about three lines of my notebook. Um, so that's how I feel about clowns. I hate them. I hate them for no reason. There's no reason Same. to like clowns. Nope. That I'm aware of, but there's no, I've, <laughs> we haven't had, a, I didn't have a traumatic experience. I didn't have a traumatic experience. When I was a kid, no. I was at a parade and we were waiting for the parade to start and there was a clown and the clown, I don't, this sounds really stupid to say, the clown was obviously a person. All clowns are obviously people, but like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. but <laughs> the parade that we were part of, it's kind of hard to explain, but like it, I know for a fact it was just employees of a particular credit union that was running this parade because mm-hmm. it was a Christmas parade by this credit union. Yep. And so it was just an employee who drew the short story of, like, clown. And he was just kind of goofing around waiting for it to start. And he dropped the, like, whistle or whatever that he was, like, like the yeah. whistles. Sideshow, the sideshow um, Mel whistle from, from yes. the, like, you know, The Simpsons. Yeah. He dropped it and it rolled towards me. And I would have been, like, five or six. The wa- So no context for clowns. The way I recoiled from him, because he, he was kind of, like, joking, like, hey, grab that, grab that whistle for me, kid. Like, trying to, like, engage, engage. with me. A totally innocent, genuine thing. Again, he was just like a bank employee yeah. who got to be a clown for the weekend. Like, no, I was scared out of my mind and I refused to go near it hmm. or the clown. And I, from that moment on, I was like, clowns are a no for me. So I've never had a negative hmm. experience hmm. just from birth. I was like, clowns are a no. Yeah, look, I am also in the, I mean, we, we, we all know I'm a, I'm a wary, I was a wary yes. child, <laughs> pretty wary child um, about my life choices. But I think for me was, um, I grew up, uh, obviously moving around Australia, being a defense force kid. So we would go to a lot of different like towns, sh- like town, guess you say carnivals, what we refer to in Australia, we call them shows. Yes. Um, so I went to a lot of like regional town shows or, um, like the main city, like in Brisbane, we have what we call Eka, and that's yes. like a big carnival. Um, we were in, uh, we went to the Easter, the Easter, Easter show in Sydney, mm-hmm. which is massive. It's over Easter, plot twist. Um, and for what, for me, the creepy thing was, and I was probably about the same age, like maybe four, mm-hmm. maybe five, it was the, the clowns that you threw balls into their mouths. Oh, yep, yep, yep. But them all turning. But as a kid, you, oh. don't, you don't quite understand what they're doing. You just yep. see, a row of clown faces with their mouths gaping open, not sexual, but your brain and it's and they look haggard because they're old and your brain as a imaginative little child, mm-hmm. I just saw an army of clowns and was like, what the fuck is that? And just like 
clinging mm-hmm. to my father's leg, probably tried to rip off his flesh because yep. I was terrified. And my dad going, what is wrong with you? It's fine. Yeah. It wasn't fine. And I think just from then, even when I see them now in like pictures, I'm just like, no. I always have a flashback to that time mm-hmm. in my life where I'm like, oh, I don't feel threatened. And I don't know if every kid has this. Cause like my parents didn't have clowns. My sister doesn't mm. have clowns. Yeah. There was like a famous clown in the sixties in Australia called, I think he's called Bobo. Yep. And my dad met Bobo when he yeah. was a kid and like then didn't wash his hand cause he shook his hand. He didn't wash his hand for like a week. Afterwards, which is gross. It's a a, Um, a weird thing. But like now, I'd be like, I wouldn't let a (laughs) wouldn't let a clown touch me. (laughs) No, definitely not. Definitely not. And I mean, like my partner, he isn't different to clowns, but his best friend. Oh, we think we've got clown Mm -hmm. phobia. Oh no, 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 no. Oh no. And I think it's just for me, it's really bizarre. Like clown is. Like, as a, as a kid, you obviously have heroes. Like, I loved Humphrey B. Bear. I loved mm-hmm. Barney. When you went to, like, Westfield or a shopping, your main shopping centre, yeah. you would see them on stage because it was the 90s, and you would yeah. go on school holidays, they would like, Barney's going to be out there. And you'd be like, oh, my God, Barney. Clap, 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 mm-hmm. Barney. It was never Barney. It was someone in a suit yeah. playing Barney. But you didn't feel threatened. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just the reveal. Barney, by the way, I- guys. Wasn't real. Was just a person in a suit. And because it was an American character, wasn't even the person who probably paid Barney in the TV show. Yeah, in the TV show. But as a kid, you you never were like, oh, I feel threatened. Yeah. But they're playing a character. Someone is playing a a character being a clown. Yes. But I think it's because they still look human. Mm. And they look made up, not like a normal, like you would would not see someone wear that kind of makeup or that get up. (laughs) Unless you're going to, you know, a performance. Yes. So I Going think to see Bianca Del Rio. Life. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> painted for the gods. She's painted yeah. not just for the back rows. She's painted for the like back rows. You know, three blocks down. Yeah, like it's that. I think that's what it is. And it's there's no magic about it. It's just they're in the real world. You're in the real world. There's no yeah. there's no boundary. There's whereas, something really menacing about clown makeup. Yeah, there's just something about it. I don't know what it is. And it it seems inherent because like yeah, the whole premise of it is that clowns are terrifying. Yeah. Tim Curry dressed as a clown is scary. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, like there's something in that that's really inherently terrifying, yeah, it's and this, dark. that's why this episode is like it's because there's 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 a lot to talk about in this episode, but it's so interesting that then the like B story for once is the monster of the week, which is this terrifying story of nightmare murder clowns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's there's clearly something inherent in clowns that's scary because this is a really for me scary episode. Oh, the yeah. bits of it that are. The B story, which is the monster of the week. Yeah. The A story we'll talk about is grief. Yeah. And grief and how it manifests. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. We can, we, I can definitely confirm. I'm like, oh, yeah. I've been, I, as someone um, flicks hair who's gone through the horrible grief of losing a parent, um, mm-hmm. not a fucking flex, um, I was like, oh, yeah, I did that one and I did that one. <laughs> and Megan knew me at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking she was like, Kat went through that one and <laughs> that one. And yep, she definitely went through that one. Yeah. Because um, you do. But it's just interesting how they both react in the way that they do. Yes. And given that the, the time period, it's like still fresh. Yes. And it's like, oh, this is interesting. Well, let's let's talk let's about talk it. Let's talk about it. So we obviously have the cold open with the horrible nightmare murder of by Clown <laughs> of a child who apparently has awesome. never learned stranger danger. Right. Because given this is like 2007. Yeah. Right. Two, yeah. 2007. Right. At this time, this is when the media, especially in America, was like, mm-hmm. Be careful of Halloween. There's obviously going to be shrapnel and razor yeah. blades and 
don't go bobbing for apples because you're going to get cut. Like there's all this hyper yeah. fear around stranger danger. Yeah, and it was and- like early days of the internet where like I think this is maybe when Carly Ryan gets murdered yeah. around, around this time. Yeah. For, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a really very, very sad murder that happened in my home state, the mm. murder capital of Australia, yep. um, South Australia. Um, where she was uh, lured in and murdered um, as part of, like, through MySpace. Yeah. It's a very, very sad story of this teenage girl getting murdered. So Google if you want more information, but it was that really that yeah. start of, like, it, and it kind of was this new heightened version of strain, the stranger danger, danger of the 90s that yep. we both experienced. Oh, 100%. And it's very interesting that the, all these kids, and, like, the, it's not a plot twist, it's not a spoiler, there's going to no. be multiple children that let this murderous clown into the house. And it's very interesting because at that time there was that media where they really pushed the narrative that stranger danger is real, like especially in American mm. like TV like news. We yeah. won't talk about it. like we're not exposed to that, but I just find it really interesting. Yeah, that they went with this because it's like you. Well, I would never let. I mean, I don't no. know you miss hitchhiker over there, but I, I never hitchhiked. The point of that story was that I did not hitchhike. You should. I just had to think about whether yeah, I look, would have. Either or way, not. either way, I was very. <laughs> not almost- saying I participated in safe behavior at the time but i didn't ever hitchhike with a stranger Beckle, sort right. of so I, i'm so i'm i'm just re- i'm reversing out of the driveway of that one um <laughs> just like beep beep but like i would never as a child go i don't know you you're at my door yeah i'm not opening it like even if we got pizza delivered and like my mum or dad would be like you're okay to open the door it's the pizza person actually i can 100 percent believe that you'd be like no yeah, 100%. and adults can alter that, <laughs> which is that's accurate energy for cat yeah, of yeah. being like, no, but you've told me to never open the door if I don't know who it is, and they're yeah. like, we've just told you we know who it is. Could you please go? He- please go get the pizza that we've ordered for your dinner. Um, yeah, like it's crazy. Yeah, like legit. growing up, you know, um, we definitely like we were sort of a little too late, I think, for the true latch key kids of the seventies and eighties. Oh yeah, definitely. But definitely around the time where I was like ten, eleven, or twelve, there was like stuff happening in my family life that meant mm. I was left alone with my sister who was like eight yep. at the time um for short periods of time and I'm being vague about it because although I'm now a 32 year old woman I don't want anyone to get my dad in trouble because the circumstances were beyond his control but we were still told like if you hear the doorbell don't answer the door go quiet mute the tv don't answer the phone that the house is empty yeah, for all intents and purposes, if you're home alone. Yep, when you get um, home, lock the front door, make sure the back door's locked. Yeah, like I mean, this was <laughs> our house was the most '80s house ever, so it was mm. not exactly the most secure location. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, so like the idea of these kids, they, this for me is the most unbelievable thing: is the idea of these kids trusting this clown so much it lets him yeah. in. Yeah, and it makes me think when I was watching, I was like, maybe he's doing some kind of like you know vibe out to be like, yeah, there's a like magical inter- yeah, like, element, like an, almost like a. Um, like a hypnotized kind yeah. of like, hey, we're friends. Mm. Come, yeah, yeah like, okay. Like a siren song kind of scenario. Yeah, because every time you see the the clown make connection with the child, mm-hmm. the child when it when the clown disappears, the child gets upset. Like not upset, but like it's disappointed the child that the clown's no longer there. Yeah. So it makes me think that they, he's given you know you know you want me. Ooh, yeah, maybe like we're a glimmering friends, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 I would, I would believe that because yeah. it does seem that to me was the bit that was the hardest for yeah, me to, to, like, to wrap to get, my head around. Yeah, as like adults who'd be like, even now I'm just like, if there my- was a clown at the door, oh, fuck, 
<laughs> we were, no. I was, we, Megan and I live maybe five minutes away from each other. Like there's distance, but I would hear Megan scream and be like, fucking Megan's in trouble. I need to go protect her because there's clearly a clown on her Do door. Do you remember a few years ago where there were just like clowns, creepy clowns, like wandering around America? Like there were all these stories of clowns. Do you yes! remember? It was like a purge kind of scenario. Yeah, where, yeah, yeah. See, no, guys, no. we hate clowns. No, I, I, I meant to keep going with what happens in this episode, and we got we, distracted. by Sorry, cl- we got clowns distracted again. by clowns again. This is sus, guys. So that was the cold open, creepy clown murderer. Yep. We then cut to um, a funeral pyre. So mm. John obviously died in the last episode. Yep. And they are now burning his body, and this is the first time we get to see after funeral right yeah. which is that they cremate the remains and it's like a very proper funeral pyre yeah fun fact for the nerds out there um this is a meant to be a direct visual reference to return of the jedi the last star the last of the original star wars ah. films where spoiler alert i guess but like the movie's been out for 40 years please guys um where luke burns his father's burns darth vader's body he does that yes and I've there's a direct. Oh, I should remember this, but I don't. Um, it's there's a direct visual um, reference, uh, and it's actually when I was thinking about that, I'm like, oh, that's so interesting because we talked about in season one that Sam is meant to be Luke, Luke Skywalker. Mm. Uh, Dean is meant to be Han Solo, and the mm. kind of like obviously they're not brothers in the the movies, but like the I, interesting idea of John being Darth Vader. I mean, just, I mean. I, I just I mean, wanted – I hadn't thought of it from that perspective like before. I mean, I mean – But yeah, I just I see, wanted to – Yeah, that, you know what? Complicated family relationships. <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I just – I hadn't thought of it from that perspective. Look, meanwhile, Kat was like, this is very reminiscent of a, a Viking-esque mm. kind of – I mean, they're not on a boat and they're not being pushed out to the ocean to then be set on fire. Um, But it was very much giving me like that Nordic kind yeah. of like – yeah. vibes of like okay we're going to burn the body and those who haven't listened to season one go back and listen to season one slash yes. watch it burning the bones means that no one can john can't come back there can't be any vengeful yeah. spirit activity there's no activity so we're yeah. essentially ensuring he's properly gone yes that he's been laid to rest, rest. laid to rest um by burning yes so this is kind of the introduction of that law of a hunter's funeral yep and um, I will say, Dean, uh, Dean and Sam, Jared and Jensen, great cry actors. Oh, fantastic! It, I feel like, particularly for the early two thousands, it maybe wasn't as common to find a male mm. who could do a good bit of cry acting. Who could lean into the uh, more soft mm-hmm. side of emotions. And they both do a really good job, fantastic. and they both really emote Sam and Dean. Like Sam is bereft; he's like tears streaming down his face. Oh, yeah. And Dean has, like, one single man to you. Yeah, he's he's being stoic. He's being stoic and, like, trying not to cry yeah. and trying to be strong for Sam. And, again, like, crying in character, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like, yep, it all he's... links together. Um, and Sam asks if John said anything before he died. We obviously got at the end of the last episode yep. that John that did say something <sighs> bad and we yeah. don't know what it is. And Dean has said, no, he didn't say anything. And he's quite sullen and... Mm-hmm. Because of the context and because what we know as mm-hmm. the audience, because we've seen this exchange, from Sam's point of view, he's just like, oh, Dean's shutting down. He's closing, yeah. turning off his emotional tap as per usual yeah. um, to deal with his emotions by not dealing with them, by turning off a switch. But we know as the audience that potentially whatever John told Dean mm-hmm. is weighing on him just as much as the grief. Yes. So he's being, he's 
unintentionally but intentionally putting up a wall between the two of them. Yes. There, you, can, you can see some foundations of a wall happening. Yes. And then we cut to a week later. We're obviously at Bobby's mm-hmm. and Dean is trying to repair the Impala, yep. um, which Sam rescued in the first episode. Yep, yep. And we get this really great exchange between Sam and Dean mm. about how they're kind of handling everything. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, handling is a handling. Yes. Quotations. Yes. Mm. So um, Sam comes out and talks to Dean and Dean is like, you need to like, he's like, Oh, just checking. You need anything? You okay? Like, can I help at all? And Dean's like, no, you can't help me. You don't know how cars work. And then he sort of gets up Sam because Sam is trying to maybe in Dean's eyes molly coddle him or like yep. trying to get Protecting. him to talk about it, like talk about what happened. He doesn't want to talk about John's death and, mm-hmm. you know, Sam's like, well, we we should talk about it. We need to talk about it because he's gone now Yeah, and he's just gone. And What do we do? Where are we going? You know, we need to find the demon yeah. that did this because obviously we are privy to the fact that it's very obvious that this his death was part of the deal he made with with the yellow eyes but obviously the boys aren't privy to that not sure how they didn't quite put the pieces together for dean's miraculous recovery but sure yeah oh color me surprise magic just happens that's not what happened exactly a sacrifice was made yes so i'm not really sure how they weren't suspicious but we'll give them the benefit of yeah look (laughs) come on they can't be on the ball they can't be 100% at 100% at 100% of the time. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you just got to give them a little gray area. Mm-hmm. And Sam sort of backs off from Dean um, eventually. Because is... Dean is very much, ah, he's in that lovely grief mm-hmm. step of. I don't even know if he's in the, the step of anger necessarily. Um, we'll, we'll get there when, we, when, well, he, get, when we'll, he gets there. When we get there. I think he's just very much like. He's going through the. And like, maybe we're seeing it from a perspective because we're both women yeah. and so it's a little bit more acceptable for a woman to – and, again, things are changing. It's yep. not the same for every mm-hmm. person, but definitely for someone like Dean who has always been seen. You know, the last episode he literally talks about being a soldier. He literally talks about mm. that he's not done with his battles yet. Yep, yep. And so that kind of stoicism and that yeah, need to be right, in yeah. control of your grief mm. I think is a distinctly potentially in many ways – male experience yeah it's, a, it's a very much a masking and you know they, like it's it's got hints of you know anger and bits of like needing to keep things together mm-hmm. and need to keep the you know his focus is to try and channel all of energies whatever they are and yeah. grief into the car yes because the car is kind of fucked yeah exactly so i think i don't know that he's necessarily angry yeah, no, i think I he's just no. like not dealing at all oh yeah he's and just... channeling it elsewhere yeah and it's and uh, what a plot twist. It's coming out in other ways. Yes, which is very healthy. Guys. Oh, yeah, so, so healthy. Um, <laughs> toxic masculinity ruins the party again. Um, <laughs> it does. Not because he's he, – oh, my God, we'll talk about it. But, like, the specter of toxic masculinity yeah. that that lurks in the corner of, of society. Yes. Ruining saying, men's yeah. ability to often emote appropriately, especially in 2007. Yeah, we're talking about the context of what we're talking about emotions. We're talking about the emotions at the time of the show that's been produced and how he's been written at that time. Yes. Which unfortunately meant, I'm fine. Subtext, I want to rip your face off because I'm not handling my dad's mm-hmm. passing. That's that's where we're at. 
But again, we'll talk about it because this show does not just leave it at that. Oh, it does not. And so we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but Sam found a voicemail on Dad's phone of Dad's phones that had saved phones. for four months, which they thought was kind of a bit weird. And he was talking. It was a message from an Ellen. Yeah. And Sam. A lady. A lady called Ellen. Mm. And uh, Sam said he was able to find the location, June, the address, yep. based on tracing the number. Um, because there's no mention of Ellen in Dad's journal. Nope. Put a little pin in that one. Yeah, put um, in a pin. <laughs> Grab and, the pins and just have them on the ready. Yes. Put a pin in, in the fact that there's no mention of Ellen in Dad's journal. Yep. Uh, so they go, they borrow a car from Bobby, um, this like mum, soccer mum mobile. <laughs> yeah. And so we go to Harvell's Roadhouse. Yep. Um, and oh, yes. they break in. So Sam kind of wanders off to investigate out back. Yep. And mis- like back office? somehow, not sure about how logistically what happens next is, is possible. Where was yeah. she hiding? Um, yeah. <laughs> but Dean feels a rifle in his back and he's, you know, wisecracking like, oh, I hope that's a rifle. And we sort of pan to Alona Tal, who yeah. for me, I, at the time when I was watching this, this show in real time, um, I had I knew her because I had been watching Veronica Mars. Yep. Um, and she plays the character Meg in the second season of Veronica Mars. She's obviously gone on to do like seven thousand other things, but for mm. me at the time, I was like, oh my god, it's Meg from Meg yeah. from Veronica Mars. I don't know her face. I only know her as her character in Supernatural. Yeah. Because eh, I'm not a big fan of this character. Like that's not a plot twist, and that's not like mm-hmm. a reveal or spoiler. I don't like this character. Yeah. And when we as this season goes on, I'll explain why. Yes. Um. But when, even when I met her when I first watched the show, I was like, I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up, I was just like, nope, I don't like how you're being portrayed. And I, I, it's not the actor or the no. act, sorry, actress. It's more so how they wrote her at that time. Yes, definitely. So just putting that out there, not a fan of her. No hate to her as an mm-hmm. actress and her skills because she has the skills. Yes. It's the writing. Yeah. And so Dean takes a rifle off of this character. Yes. She then punches him, takes the rifle back. So it's this really kind of yeah, very quick engage, like you know, quick exchange, exchange, yeah. like physical exchange. And I love how Dean yells out to Sam. Yeah, and he's like, "Sam, a little bit of help out here." Yeah. And then Sam comes out, and he's got a gun held to him. He's, he's like, "I'm a little busy." Yeah, he's also got uh, someone, um, an, an older lady. With, yes, uh, oh. with you know, yes, Compar- com- comparatively com- to the, 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 the youthful, young, the youthful, youthful blondie. Yeah, with a gun in the back. And he's like, just the way he walks out, like, yeah, I'm a little bit tied up right now. Put a pin in it. Um, yeah. Kind of got something also happening. And yeah, it's quite funny. I yes. enjoy the that little scene. Yeah. Like all of this is, I really enjoy all of yeah. this kind of like bantery stuff. We sort of work out that the woman is Ellen. Mm, yep. The younger girl is Joe, which is her daughter. Yep. She works out that they are the Winchester boys, yep. that they're John's kids. Yep. Um, and so she, you know, they, things relax after that. Yeah. <laughs> and at this point, Ellen's kind of realized, she's like, obviously John has sent you to help me with the problem I'm having. Well, she, she thinks that John has sent them because she could help with the demon. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yes. yes. My apologies. Yeah. Um, and then we get the awkward exchange, like, the weird shifty eyes that Dean and Sam give each other yeah. because obviously they everything's still fresh and it's just like and she's already clocked it yeah and like you know that this per, like you know Ellen we don't know her backstory but we know yeah. that she gets things quite quickly like she's yeah. on the on the ball like a hunter would be we don't yeah. know if she's a hunter or not yes but she's on the ball she's yeah like, oh no she's like oh so don't she realizes that John didn't send them yeah realizes that John's died yeah um and you know they're sort of in that horrible period that I'm sure you can relate to where you have to 
hmm. tell people or like people yep. don't know when you people see don't know, them. People don't know and it, it's horrible and hence the eyes, hence why I would have done the same thing yeah. um, at the time. Yeah, but also this season we do get to see um, a bit of the expanded kind of to mm. world that oh, they yeah. that they live in. Yeah. Um. So the roadhouse. Yeah. Yeah. So the roadhouse is somewhere where hunters sort of pass through. Yep. Um. And so Ellen's sort of familiar with the life because she's kind of run into them enough, yep. and she's like, "Oh yeah." They're like, "Well, how could you help with the demon?" She's like, "Oh, I couldn't, but Ash could," and yep. that's where we get to meet Ash, <laughs> um, played by Char- Chad Lindbergh, mullet having. Yeah. Bogan. I don't know what the equivalent is in he America. Is just like <laughs> Yeah, so they're having this whole exchange and Ash is looking through their dad's research. He's really, really impressed by John's like yeah. very kind of literal, very like Indiana Jones kind of yeah. like real world taking notes, like yep. physical world stuff. And because we'll we'll learn later that Ash is like a hmm. computer genius at a time where computer genius you could just say that and no one would know what that meant. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, he's a hacker, and you're like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, you know, he started at MIT. Um, This whole conversation is happening as well, and I just need to point out that Joe is standing there wearing the lowest of low-cut jeans. Like, they they are one centimetre lower, and you would see the top of some bush. Like, they're they're cutting so close. Mons pubis and all that kind of thing. The tiniest, tiniest tank top, so conservatively 10 centimetres of midriff Mm. are showing. Like, it's such... Like if she sneezes, those pants are coming off. They're going to be blown off. <laughs> she can't bend over in these jeans. Yeah, she bends for, over. She's seeing oh, any, any Gen Zs that are out there that are like mm-hmm. low rider jeans are coming back and big flares are coming back. Let me tell you right now, mm. you cannot bend over in them. You cannot bend over in them Mm-mm. because they will be able to see you in, up your asshole. They are yeah. not designed for comfort. They're yep. not designed for sitting. You will have to make sure, as many of us did, you tie a um, jumper around your waist when you sat down mm. so that people can see your ass um, when you sat down. So just a warning to Gen Zs out there. Up, the, the, mine was not so much the sitting down. It was also the getting up <laughs> as a teenager, yep. having to wear those who was curvaceous. Oh, yes, as was myself. Um, obviously, Correct. they're setting Joe up in a very visually really. specific way. Oh, yeah. Which we'll talk about. We'll talk about. And, again, I don't hate her. I just yep. – the choices that were made about the character and how yep. they were going to portray her – is why I, when every time she gives bedroom eyes to Dean, I just sat there and I was just like, oh, this is a big red flag. Please do not touch Dean. This is bad. La, la, la. Please don't stop. Na, na, na. Like it was just, I, I was very uncomfortable with the exchange. Yeah. And her heaving, breathing was, oh, just no. Yeah. No. We'll, we'll talk about it. We, this is not our last no. time that we meet this character. No. So we'll, we'll have time to talk about it, but. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sam is um, talking to Joe. I'm sorry, Sam is talking to Ellen. Ellen. Dean walks over to talk to Joe. Um, He's like, oh, we've got – he starts to kind of flirt with her and he's like, got 51 hours to waste. And he sort of starts to like, Mm. maybe we should, you know. know. Um, But then he kind of loses loses steam and he's like, you know what, never mind. Which I'm Um, very grateful for because – Yeah, I guess guess it should be worth noting – just for the context of Kat's discomfort, mm. Alona Tao, the beautiful actress, oh, actress. portraying her, um, she is, I think at this stage, 25 or 26, yep. Jensen's 26, 27. So she is contemporary to him yep. age-wise. Yep. But in this episode, not so much. But I guess it's a little bit of a spoiler because yeah. Kat's already 
giving some really strong opinions i'm just like really strong opinions and i was going to try and reel her in and i don't think i can nope sorry um this is a train that's already left the station in future episodes they don't make it clear what her age is no and if anything they write her quite young and it does come across knowing how knowing dean's age and knowing that he tends to go for women who are contemporary to him in age if you know maybe a little younger but not much yeah that's where Kat's discomfort is coming yeah, from. Because she Cat from- struggles, if you guys have worked out, with mm. staying in the moment of not layering over mm. stuff that she knows the the three I mean, things she knows that happens in the future. Yeah, right. <laughs> um and I think in this also it sort of does show because she is wearing quite, you know, very reveal like I mean, we all wore these clothings as teenager, but as we've seen, like and especially in season one, mm-hmm. when he did have romantic relations with mm-hmm. you know bar girls or whoever yes they were not dressed as provocatively as she is yeah and i think that's why it triggered the memory and okay for everyone who's playing because megan has allowed me to not spoil her but basically see why i am very yeah. uncomfortable <laughs> every time i see her in the back of my head when she is talking i faintly hear madonna's song papa don't preach if you know the song you know the reasons why or in my potentially head. the kelly uh kelly osborne osborne version which is the version that i know better yeah either or is very on point because it's just and during the dean's steam going out of his sails which i'm very grateful for yeah Uh, i mean i'm not sure like i'm not sure how i feel about dean's grief being portrayed by his inability to bang women but you know uh, we'll just i i just just, there's like john mulaney gif where he's like we don't have time to talk about it yeah and that's kind of how i feel about that where i'm just like i don't know that i like that that's his yeah like his dick's not working because he's sad not sure how i feel about that it's but i just we're not therapists we're not psychologists (laughs) we're not we're not here trying to analyze it but look what (laughs) sales was sales were let down and then he starts having an actual conversation with joe Mm -hmm. and then we find out that joe was actually um joe's like about joe's situation and why it's just joe and her Mm mum being ellen and we get this reveal that her dad has also passed. Yes, and um, he, and he was, was a hunter. And he was a hunter, and he yep. died on a hunt. And John, um, sorry, not John, Dean kind of then gets a little bit uncomfortable. Like, you can see him a little bit, like, uncomfortable because he's, I don't know, he just sort of, he, he mm. does, like, a body movement that I I understood because yeah. I'd been in this situation. It's like, you're meeting someone else who potentially can relate to a passing of a parent. And it's yeah. trying to work out where you sit. And that I'm probably overreaching on that, but it was kind of a moment where yeah. – Dean was a little bit uncomfortable, but he sort of consoles her in a sense. And she's like, it's fine. You know. I was a kid. Like, was it was a, a very long time ago. A long time ago. Like, I have the memories I have kind of scenario. Yeah. Because um, obviously she's very far into her grief process and has probably dealt with enough of it to be on the other side, where we all know Dean is on raw emotions. Yes. Though he's trying to suppress them. Oh, yes. And we do sort of get this sense in these kind of early conversations mm. that John was once very close to Ellen and now they're not close, but Ellen is not going to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and this is very similar to the the Bobby conversation oh, we yeah. had at the end of last season where, like, for some reason, you know, they were very close. And then they weren't. And then they weren't. And It seems to be a pattern. The, <laughs> the common denominator so far is uh, John. Is John. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, you didn't have a great relationship with your sons. Or with anyone. Or with anyone. So <laughs> Which they I mean, do make comment of later on. <laughs> so in the so while they're wasting time and since yeah. apparently Dean's dick doesn't work because he's sad, 
So they decide to go. Ellen's given them a case, basically, yeah, which is local-ish. the clown case we started off in. <laughs> and yeah. so they're going to investigate yep. and look into this. Um, they go to the carnival, which mm. is the carnival we saw at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where we get the reveal that, in fact, Sam hates clowns. <laughs> um, we don't get the reveal as to, like, why or what happened yep. or why he hates clowns. He just, he just does. Like, he just doesn't like them. Um, And Dean is kind of ribbing him about it. Yeah, um, it's they, fucking great. They go to this carnival, and I will say, like, this whole s- plot with the the clowns really is the subplot of the show. This yeah. is not the point of this episode. No. Um, and so I didn't take a ton of notes around it. So they get jobs at this carnival. There's a great scene where they meet the, like, owner of the carnival, yeah. Mr. Cooper. Yep. And there's two chairs, one that's a clown chair and one that's not a clown chair. Yeah. And Jens, it's actually Jensen rushes for that chair because John uh, Phil Segresha beforehand was like, there's going to be two chairs when you walk in. You know Sam hates clowns. Which chair do you think Dean would go for? Yeah. And so obviously they walk in and Jensen sees the clown chair and he's like, oh, of course, he would want Sam to sit in this clown chair. And so he like ran for it. So it's actually all like a improv yep. moment. Nice. Um, <laughs> I love that. So they get this, they get the job at a carnival because mm-hmm. um, they're not sure if it's like what it is that, like, you know, is it a haunted object? Yep. Um, is it a haunting more generally? Like yep. what, what is it that's attacking and killing yeah. people? Because what they found out is it doesn't happen every year. Yes. And it seems to be random, but yes. they don't know if it's like a, like you said, an object, a thing, or whatever. Yeah, haunted object, yeah. or like is it something haunted inside remains. The yeah, they don't know. Um, and so they're sort of doing all of this investigation, and sort of all of this is the underlay of them trying. Well, Sam, them both trying to deal with their grief, and a lot of times during this episode, Sam, because Dean's like, "You jumped at this case. Like, why would you jump at this case so quickly? Like, we, I thought you'd be focused on the demon." And Sam sort of says, oh, it would, it's what dad would want. want yeah. And he if, always ref- he's going very much, I am part of dad's army now. Yes. And would, you know, Christian soldier very much. Like, yeah. yeah. And so he tells um, Mr. Cooper, the owner, you know, who who's kind of like, this is a place for misfits and outsiders. This isn't really a place for you guys. Go marry, have kids, go to school, like yep. have a normal life. And Sam says, no, I don't want a normal life. Uh, we don't want to go to school. Yeah. And Dean, Dean sort of has a go at him like, was that you talking or was that you just bullshitting? Yeah, it's Be- very much reminiscent of the tension that we were having yes. back in season one. But now it's reversed because Dean's now like, wait, do you not want to go back to school? And, you know, Sam's response is, I don't know because I don't want to do what dad would want. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, again, we're not therapists. Again, it's, we're not therapists. It doesn't do it perfectly, but mm. it does it better than it, Again, this is another. This isn't it. Was like supernatural is better than it deserves to be, because they do really talk about it and they mm. do really give them these grief yep. arcs that yep. are pretty realistic. That Sam's guilt. You know, you were talking in the last episode that he never got. You know, he did not get a farewell no, from his dad. He did not, no. You know, and how that feels. And um, we know Dean has been told something by John about Sam that really disturbed him. Yeah, and how that's influencing how he's grieving and also how he's interacting now with Sam exactly and like all of that sort of stuff which we don't so much see with the Sam perspective in these early this this episode but we definitely see maybe how his grieving is influenced by the last thing John telling him being like something upsetting about something that wasn't great and what that might be and so it's all yeah it's all really good yeah stuff (laughs) and it's it's interesting because I love that, and it's cutting, and it's very much mm. 
grief and again someone who's gone through it mm. has um dean is very lazy in his responses to him and he he's not you know he's not slicing on the outside he's going straight for the core he's yeah. like lazy in and he makes the comment where he's like it's funny that you're you, you're this person now yes and you're you won't you're following dad's orders now that he's dead yes and it's like Oh, yeah, one of my uh, notes is these two are reading each other to film. Oh yeah, like, and I am living. Oh yeah, it's very much if you were walking past, sipping your, you know, sipping your drink and eating yeah. your cotton candy, and you're like, what? Oh, sorry, what we refer to in Australia as fairy floss. Yes, um, and being like, oh, excuse me, um, this is some delicious tea being spilt. Don't mm-hmm. know, the, don't know what's happening, but I'm just going to be an earshot of what's happening because that's some that is a spicy tea. Oh yeah, um. And I, yeah, I read that as him being, again, two types of he's dealing with his father's grief because he doesn't want to deal with it. And he's obviously getting annoyed that Sam's now become this inline soldier, very mm-hmm. regimented, is happy to follow the mission Yeah, now. When he was doing the exact opposite. When he was being the tantrumy. But not even tantrumy. I think that that underplays Sam's. Yeah, sorry. Like, yeah. like that makes it sound yeah, like he was really petty what yeah, he was he doing. Wasn't, or that it wasn't. And- he wasn't like. John did try yeah, and stop him from yeah, doing like John true. was very single minded and single yeah, focused. Yeah, that's true. And, and Sam was like, "I'm more than just a soldier." Yeah, no, yeah. sorry, your po- yeah, apologies, yeah. apologies for that. No, it's just a very flip side, and I think that given whatever John has told Dean has mm-hmm. braided him and scared him, that he's now put that wall up. Then we got grief, and mm. then he's just easily annoyed now by Sam. Anytime yeah. Sam does something that. He would not have done last season. Yes. It fucks him off. Which I think is pretty fair. Like, it's a complete reversal. And it's playing out the scene. Mm -hmm. Again, it's delicious. Yeah, they play it out. And I really appreciate that. And that's why, like, I'm kind of like, I don't really want to talk to the murder clown, aside from our long conversation at the start of this episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they eventually find out that it is uh, Rakasha, which is this, or Rakash, hang on, let me make sure I'm saying this right. Uh, 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 I don't want to mispronounce things because that's very... Thought, thoughtless of me, uh, Rakshasa, Rakshasa mm. um, which is actually the same thing that it is. Oh, so it is genuinely like, like all linked, in, like an it, it all linked together. It's the yeah. same. It's the same kind of um, creature, mm. um, and then that's what they're hunting. Mm. And it's it's during this conversation that they where they find this out because uh, Sam calls Ellen. Yeah, is where they have their kind of biggest blow up, and it's them. They're walking like I really. I, I like as well because it was just so beautifully shot and I was really paying attention to how beautifully shot it is. So them walking down this like kind of abandoned road yeah, because um, they've had to abandon their car for reasons that I honestly don't, for reasons due to the clown murdering. Yeah. Um, they tried to help. Essentially what's happened, they mm-hmm. tried to help a family. Yes. How they tried to help a family um, of um, a girl, a young girl who has seen the clown mm-hmm. and they're, you don't really see what happens, but they've kind of pieced together that, it's an it mm-hmm. clown scenario. Yes. And they realize that it not it can only be invited in if the child lets it in. Yes. Um, like a vampire, I guess. Mm. Crossing boundaries, whatnot. Um, and so also, bad idea, just saying it's the worst it's the worst thing that plan they've ever had up until this point. They decide they've seen the clown go in through the, the back door with the girl, and then they've also broken into the house. Mm-hmm. And they've tried to get it, like, get it out. Yeah. The girl's not terrified of the clown. She's no. terrified of the two grown men in her house. The, and I, I mean, 
again, I don't think we have the capacity to talk about it, but it's really just just put in a note there of my awareness in 2021 versus 2007 that it's two white men breaking into a black family's home. Yeah, and yeah, so what happens is that the girl and the family is quite, they, the parents hear it. Luckily, it runs away. Yes. Um, or evaporates and just leaves. And it's just them in the house. And it's like, this child is small. Mm-hmm. It is terrifying to see, mm-hmm. even if they're attractive. She ain't thinking about that. She's like, mm-hmm. you just scared my friend away. And now I'm screaming because you've broken into my house. Yeah. And you're swinging shit. So that's the reason why they end up taking the plates of the, the soccer mom car. And yeah. I mean, Dean's very happy. He's like, ha ha, suck it, Bobby. Yeah. Um, I get to dump <laughs> this car. So yeah, the, and that's, yeah, you're right. And then we end up where there's this exchange where the boys are walking down the dirt road because mm-hmm. they've thrown the car out. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so they're walking down this road yeah. and they have this incredibly thoughtful, like this is where the rubber hits the road in terms of mm-hmm. them really getting into it because Sam sort of mentions that like Ellen and da- Dad clearly had a falling out because he's like, oh, I wonder if they ever had a, like a thing. thing. Yeah. And Dean's a bit like, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, I don't need to know what Dad was doing with. I don't private. need to think about this. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's fair. I mean, that's my reaction is like, I don't need to know what my parents are doing. I, yeah, I don't need to know. Gross. And you know, Sam sort of says, um, you know, isn't it interesting that Dad seems to have had a falling out with everyone, which mm-hmm. is true, correct, from everyone we've met so far. So ever since so far, we've all been like, great guy, was a dick. Don't talk to him anymore. Yes, like, for oh, reasons what? that we're not going to talk, talk about. about. I don't want to talk, talk about. about. And there's um, not just one person. There's been a few people now. And so there's that, obviously. And Dean is like, I don't want to talk about it. He's like, just because I'm not like crying and upset like you are. He's like, and Sam's like, I don't need you to be a certain way. I mm. just need you to actually deal with it because you're not. Mm-hmm. And Dean obviously responds saying, yeah, like you are because you now are dad's good little soldier. Yep. Like the last time you saw him, you picked a fight with him. Like, yeah. Who is this new Sam? And yeah. they, this is where my note comes from of like the, these two just reading each other for filth. Like, oh, yeah. The tensions have been building for a bit. Yeah, but it's 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 all so true. Oh, like yeah. their shots that they're giving and taking, they're true. They're oh, two they're true people same. trying to work through their grief mm-hmm. and neither of them are doing it correctly. No, they are not. Uh, you know? <laughs> and there's no correct way to grieve, just to be very no, clear. No. But like no, there's no neither of Trust them me, are handling it in healthy ways. Yeah. Grief, unfortunately, is one of those emotions you can't without professional help, yes. really get through it. Um, hello, speaking mm-hmm. from experience. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I can definitely empathise with where they're both going from, thinking that they're both right, and then both dying on that hill of, I'm going to be right because I'm going to be doing my thing over here and yeah. you're doing your th-. There's no talking, and that's the other problem. Yeah. They're not talking to each other, and Sam does make a good point. He's like, we're not talking about it, therefore – we're just doing our – they're off on their own adventure yeah. mentally dealing with their grief and it's not yeah. right. And then obviously Dean comes back saying, well, like, you think I'm not dealing, but are you dealing? dealing? Yeah. Oh. with?" And it's just – it's so good. It just hits and punches. Yes. Like, pow, pow, and you're just like, oh. Yeah. It, it, so – and it's just – yeah, for me, I, that was, like, my favourite bit and it's just, like, beautiful shot mm-hmm. moment where it's, like, the sun starting to set yeah. and it's them kind of walking through this field and yep. it's, like – it, it, it's it's a really beautiful shot. It is. In this really well-written scene. Oh, yeah. And so props where props are well-deserved. Exactly. Um, But to get back to Murderous Clowns. We're back to Murderous Clowns. They go back to the carnival. Yes. They work. They think it's Cooper. They think it's Mr. Cooper who yeah. is the rac- 
Rakshasa. Mm-hmm. And because he seems to have been around for a very long time, his dad, there's a picture of his dad that seems to look pretty much like, like him. him. Yeah. Um, they work out that a brass dagger will kill um, yep. will kill them. And so he goes to the blind man who is a knife wielder, like a knife thrower. That's his sort of special Good. talent, yep. special skill um, to get a brass a dagger. And Sam goes to investigate because our Rakshasas sleep literally in filth, like they sleep on a bed of bugs. Oh, so very easy to tell. Um, and so he goes, he realizes that Cooper isn't no. isn't the guy, but it is actually the blind gentleman whose name I actually need to remember. Hang on. No, it just kills him blind man. That's good. He doesn't get a name. Oh, great. So it's like- Waiter, waiter. Anyway, <laughs> um, and so they chase him. He can mm. become invisible, like very Cheshire cat. I don't know if you've noticed yeah. that where it's like just his eyes are left at yeah. the end. Like but, what is this, Alice in Wonderland? Yeah, when they um, – because what happens is they end up going into the fun house mirrors yeah. place. The, the thing like from Greece. Yeah, the fun house with all the mirrors that make you look mm-hmm. super skinny or super fat or, you know, you run into the mirrors because you think you're going down a, po- like going down a hallway. Yeah. Those ones. So, yeah, so they're trying to find him. You're hearing – bang around you see mm-hmm. some not great cgi no i'll give that. it a pass because that was not the point of the episode no wasn't the point of the episode this is like the reason why we're talking about more we're leaning more on the gray side because that's really the focus yeah this if this was an episode where the boys were just normal yeah the this would be a very bad episode because it's oh very, yeah it's yeah very... if this was a regular episode i would expect more like the the i will say the 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 idea of a killer clown very upsetting yeah. very scary yeah um, they get away it, with it not being greatly plotted because the there's point so much of it, happening. Yeah, it's the, it's really the B plot. Yeah, it's just it's it's a prop. Yes, but they do kill it. Um, they they kill it with. I love a, how they use this. Why is this steam in the funhouse? Because you know where they grow I the pipe. I think it's like a. Um, oh, like it's a, the it's because it was a brass pipe. That's yeah. right. It was the brass pipe, but it, I guess it makes sounds and like kind of like an organ. Yeah. That's what I kind of yeah. thought. That it was kind of like making like or, making like creepy or, or, organ sounds. Yeah. Um so yeah, that, they that's, do kill it. They do kill it. Uh and we now cut back to the roadhouse. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get to see Ash's laptop, another of my favorite tropes in a time where the internet was still something that was new for a lot of people, um, which is that his laptop is just like covered in random wires and looks, you know, it's cause he's obviously like built it himself and as someone with a husband who has a PC that has been personally built for him, trust me, that's not what they look yeah, like. As and someone's partner whose actual job is to build computers from yeah. nothing um, on the regular. Yeah. Uh, in a laptop form as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such a trope and I yeah. love it. I love, I kind of love this like love early with- days of hacking internet mm-hmm. and like, they don't quite know how to visually portray yep. it. It's like how, like, and you know, in the nineties, anytime someone would go into the internet into and it the looked internet. like yep. a real place that you could go, you know, like the mm. matrix sort yep. of thing. Ash has set up a program that mm-hmm. can track all of the stuff that John was pra- tracking manually, basically. Yeah. Um, and it'll basically find. go off when they find something. Yeah. Like weather events. Yeah. So all of the things that John talked about at the end of the previous season, they are now tracking um, through this program that Ash has built, built and is yeah. running, um, which is pretty clever. And like, you know, yeah, well, you the, that's what he can do with his skills. Yeah. And it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. No. So, you know, so yeah. So basically this app will work anytime a certain event happens. The, the combination of events, events that we yeah. learned about in the previous season. Yeah. So crop failures, 
electrical storms, storms, all of that sort of stuff. When that all kind of happens all together, it'll go off and tell them that's where the demon is. Yes. And because that's what um, John was doing just manually was tracking all of these kind of portents yeah. of the demon. Um, and then we get to the end of the episode, Sam, Joe, and Dean are having a brewski. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe gives Sam a very meaningful, meaningful look. Um, and then I get my, Sam just being awkward and uncomfortable being like, I'm just going to go over there now. It is so, and again. But I just like, I just like that he was like not subtle about it. Yeah. He was just like, this is weird. I'm going to leave. Goodbye. (laughs) Which, which made me laugh. And Joe's kind of like, you know, flirting a little bit Mm -hmm. with Dean and Dean's sort of like, I would normally flirt with you, but lately I'm too sad for my penis to work. Yeah. He's very much giving a, I'm troubled. We end up getting back to Bobby's place, which is also a a car yard, junkyard, Mm -hmm. yard of many of things that are actually useful. Yes. And we see Dean out with the Impala that's... Mm -hmm. Looking better than it did than the last episode. Yes. Um, you know, not significantly better, but, you know, better than it was. Mm-hmm. And we get Sam coming out and they, round three, KO. Yes. Like there's an exchange. Sam kind of cracks at Dean for basically just mm-hmm. not dealing with his feelings once again. And that, you know, you have to deal with your feelings. You can't bottle it up. But does Dean, but Sam also is like, you were right. Yep. I, I... tried to. I every time I spoke to Dad, I got into a fight with him, and all of this that I'm doing now is too little, and it's too late. Yep. Um. And I, I mean, mm. whether John is worthy of Sam's feelings of intense guilt, guilt, and shame about not repairing mm. things, whether John was maybe the one who could have said something to Sam since he yep. knew he was going to die. Yeah. Um. Look, I'm still very dirty about that, and I yes. think, I think, again, as someone who has lost a father, mm-hmm. you know, in a way that I was given an, an opportunity to say goodbye. Yeah. I'm grateful, even though all the events afterwards were f- bad because you're yes. dealing with grief. The fact that Dean got something and, and it just, it yeah. just, it, for me, it's just like, you're an asshole. Yeah. You know what? He knew what was going to happen. happen. So and he could have said something. He could have taken a moment. Like the best have... he did was be like, can we not fight everything we, every time we see each other is fu- we fight. Yeah. And, it's and just that's like, just like, and then even with Dean, it's like, we don't know obviously what he said, but no. his last words to Dean were deeply troubling yeah. to Dean. So it's, it's not like, like he got he, like a, a good moment. It's like aside he just from, let off a grenade and was just like, oh, well, RIP. <laughs> Peace <laughs> out. <laughs> like, um, it's just not great. Yeah. And so I don't know if John is worth, no. worthy of Sam's guilt nope. that he has, but I understand yeah. in the character of Sam why he would feel that guilt. And given the way it's written in this time period as well. Yeah, and I don't think it's necessarily wrong in terms of how it probably would play out even today. Like, mm. I think they would have maybe had more nuance to it and stuff oh, yeah. like that. You know, we've learned a lot in the last 15 years. I think it probably still would play out the same way that oh, yeah. this character would feel this guilt about oh, not yeah. fixing it's just human it. nature because it, that's what we do. Yeah. You go through it, you... Unfortunately, it's one of the sign, like steps of grief is you go through the guilt, and he's dealing with the, gr- the guilt that yes, he and Dad always butted heads, and they yeah. never really got along. And Sam always questioned what Dad's motives were and why we were doing things and why we we're doing them a certain way. And, and Often I, not incorrectly. I mean, you know, but... he was reading a room and he was reading it correctly as well. I'll yeah. say. And yeah, and Dean just doesn't really ki- like he's looking at Sam, but he's not listening to what he's saying. He just I don't know that. Yeah. Jensen is a great actor. Yes. And we'll say I will say I will die on that hill happily because it is in a scene that you kind of realize that 
whatever John has told Dean, it keeps resurfacing every time Sam enters the scene with, D- yeah. with Dean, and it's not great. Yeah, and it's coloring, coloring everything. Being, and every time that basically Sam is saying, "I was wrong," and Dean, I assume in Dean's head, he's like, "No fucking shit, you're wrong." Like it's just he just he's annoyed by Sam's presence. I think it's that, but I think it's also like I'm just trying to trying to express this. I like I don't know that he's annoyed by Sam. I think he's annoyed that Sam's making him express his like that yeah, Sam he's... is bring, like I don't think he's annoyed because of the thing that he knows or like yeah, that he no. thinks that John like Sam is right in saying it's too little too late. Like I mm. think it's more complicated than that. Yeah. Like I don't think it's like I think it's so black and white. It's not so black and white mm. as yeah, as that. No, true. I think that it's more he's annoyed that Sam keeps making him face his grief and because of what we're about to talk about in terms of him actually taking a step to maybe confront some of his grief and to like handle handle some of his shit yeah um i will say in this scene jared looks the most like mark hamill that i'm think he ever like just something about like his hair was like extra poofy it was very luke in episode one and just something about his mouth and like maybe because it was aggressively direct sunlight it but was. just something about it, he looked the most like Luke from episode one. Okay. Or sorry, episode four, whatever, New Hope. Um, sure. That I've ever seen him, which is very interesting that I've never really seen him look like Mark Hamill. Yeah. But he like, definitely oh, had that kind of cute, yeah, cute baby Mark Hamill yeah. look about him. Um, but and yeah. yeah. And then Sam obviously is butting head against the brick wall and he's kind of gone, you do you, boo. Well, I mean, yeah, so I've got the – got the script in front of me and he yep. sort of says like i miss him and i feel guilty as hell and i'm not all right not at all but neither of you and neither of you that much i know and he says i'll let you get back to work so i don't think like he feels like he's butting his head against the wall i think he's just like saying his piece yep and then being like we'll talk about it at another uh, injunction we'll, or we won't talk about it like yep. i'm just saying my piece um and this he scene. and he leaves and dean takes a crowbar to a random car and then he takes a crowbar oh, to Oh, yes. yeah, so he car. smashes the window over yeah. the car next to him yeah, and then right, they the blue car. destroys the boot of the Impala. Like, and I mean destroys it. Like, yeah. He gives it a good whop. And it's not like a mm-hmm. five-second scene. It's like a good 30 to 45-second scene of just yeah. Dean just really letting out the rage. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I've been there. Not, I haven't destroyed With, the car. Yeah. <laughs> but I <laughs> understand the anger. I was yeah. just like, this is – and again, props to fucking Jensen. He's yeah. tapped – Someone who is grieving in his in denial and anger stage. Yeah. Simultaneously. And just that, like, real sad anger. Yeah, it is of, not. Of, like, just it's the not pain. Like a, yeah, it's pain. It's not, It's not. you know, a guy who's had a couple of pingers and is going to, you know, king hit someone in the car. But it is yes. pure, I've gone through something that's traumatic and it, I need, I, there's a sad pain. It's a sad pain. Yeah. It's a sad pain. And it's every blow. And he's. He's not grunting. And because he's destroying his dad's, dad's car. car. Like, yep. It is the, the symbolism. The symbolism. <laughs> and it says a lot without saying anything. Yeah. You know, it really. And that's what it needs. Yeah. And this whole episode really kind of plays through that, that Dean is trying to stay strong and he is trying to be who he thinks mm-hmm. he needs to be, be the strong soldier. Yep. Um, he's wearing all the hat. And, you know, he doesn't want to talk about it because he, you know, because Dean, we are learning through these episodes, is so vulnerable yep. in reality. You know, he's, oh, yeah. he's he's a very vulnerable person. Family was everything for him. Yes. His and, dad and his brother. And so, yep. like, he's so vulnerable right now. 
And he's raw. He's like cut raw. raw. And so Sam talking about it obviously makes it really hard for yep. him to keep up these appearances of what he thinks yep. he needs it to be. It tears down and... these wall of what he's built around himself yep. to keep himself safe. And Sam's just out here unknowingly just pushing bricks aside to get yep. to Dean. And Dean's like, can you fucking not? Yeah. And then it manifests into. Yeah. And I think, you know, because, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it. You know, Dean's capacity for love is um, one of the biggest parts mm. of the show. Like his ability to be loyal and to love unconditionally, unconditionally is is, is huge. Yep. And so we're starting to see that a little as well. Mm-hmm. Like that this that he has such a big part. Yeah. Um. Bigger. You know, it's sort of it's interesting that Sam's kind of given this outward a look of having this big heart. Yeah. You know, he's always the one that's like talking to people and being thoughtful and all yeah. of that sort of stuff but it's actually Dean the one that's got this like incredible heart for people and I love that his actions from the outward like if you were just watching this and you didn't mm-hmm. have the context as a someone you'd be like oh he's just really angry because he's grieving and it's like he's doing this because he cares so much and because yep. he loves so big and so honest and openly yep. this is hurting him this is yep. hurt this is not even like it's anger, but it's really, you know, mixed in with pain and hurt and, yeah. you know, not having a channel he has in like, he doesn't have an, a, a healthy channel to, for it to like relieve the pressure when it yeah. gets too much. And then it manifests into this and there's a lot of layers. And I like the way they did this Yes, because it doesn't like, I wasn't threatened. No. You know, when you watch a TV show and someone does something that you're just like, oh, this is uncomfortable. You're yes. doing, this is threatening. This is, I didn't feel threatened. When no. He, you just felt sad. You just yeah. felt you just wanted to help him and there's no one that can help him at this point. Yes. Well, that's the end of the episode, that's guys. That's the episode. Jesus. <laughs> wow, we were. <went, laughs> that was a deep one. Uh, yeah, another one where allegedly we're a comedy podcast. Yeah, we're a comedy um, podcast. Love and um, <laughs> we do We do like the comedy. We do really like the comedy, but sometimes it's, yeah, these, these, they, we, we Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, as always, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, Kat's taking over Instagram this season. Ooh. And so, um, I get to focus on Twitter where I make mm. fun of her, where she can't see. Ah, bitch. Um, <laughs> so it will be a couple of weeks ago now by the time this episode came, comes out, but, um, I recently posted about the plot point that you forgot that John died <laughs> and i did post on twitter that cat forgot a plot point so big i'm still recovering from it yeah. um <laughs> did we have reactions we did get some reactions Fuck. of of um so kenzie um our our friend our friend in um in america our, our inside <laughs> inside person the american world american life, they, american they thought life. it was very very funny um that, yes, we'll that you forgot that so they're I very mean, excited to they continue. will have heard it obviously by now but um yes so i'm on twitter you're on instagram say on instagram we're both we will talk about it or we mm-hmm. will talk about it pod we sure are um you can email us we will talk about pod at gmail.com mm-hmm. follow it subscribe on your favorite yeah, podcasting app Delicate work colleague. Um, and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Please particularly, do. Um, particularly a rating better than reviewing. So if you don't feel like you want to type out a whole sentence yeah. about us, just give, just give us a give us a five star. Because um, that, that helps mm-hmm. more than actual reviews, it turns out. Well, in the meantime. Stay safe and go see a real therapist. Oh, yeah. Bye. Bye.